Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Vince Roundtree, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. Thank you very much for having me on, Howie Jacobson. Oh, a pleasure. Always, always fun to talk to you. Same here. Same here. Yeah. So first of all, let's uh, you're you're a health coach. You've got it. Let's 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 do like a three minute of your story so that to kind of frame the conversation a little bit. All right. So uh, I my my undergraduate degree is in chemical engineer and I worked in corporate America in engineering, then in uh, uh, marketing and sales for a large company. Uh, everything kind of started to make a change back in. Uh, 2011, when I went in for a regular physical and doctor told me I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and uh, I was given a prescription for the cholesterol meds, and I got the prescription, and I, I just thought about my grandmother, because my grandmother had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, she went on pills, and I watched her die of a heart attack, and then I had an uncle, my Uncle Peg, I saw him, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. He went on pills. He had a heart attack, died. And so now I'm sitting in front of a doctor that's telling me I got high blood pressure, telling me I got high cholesterol and take the pills. Hmm. And so I said, well, I've seen this movie before. You know, this. <laughs> I know how it's going to end. The, the pills do not save your life. And I asked my doctor, well, is there anything that I can do other than take the pills? And, and he says it runs in your family that part he was right about. So there's nothing you can do. That part I didn't accept. And so I started looking, uh, went home and started looking on the internet, you know, how can you eat in order to lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol, stop heart disease, and came across Esselstyn's information. And I could not believe my ears. And I was agnostic. I didn't have a proclivity to plant-based or to keto or to South. I didn't care. I just wanted to know who had data. And everybody had fluff, but Esselstyn had data. And I, when I saw what happened um, to people he put on plant-based, I was like, well, I got to try this. So I went 100%. It was August 5th, 2011. I stopped eating all animal products and just started eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes. And in six weeks, my cholesterol dropped over 100 points, went from 240 down to 132. Blood pressure dropped uh, 30 points and I lost 20 pounds. And I just have never look back since people in the office that laughed at me and literally some people laughed at me that, uh, oh, it'll never work. And, you know, you, you know, you're crazy. And 
because I was known to eat a lot, and I was trying to fly under the radar. That was stupid. That was stupid. You can't. It, you, that was just stupid. Man. <laughs> you know, the, the, fir- the first lunch where they bring in this great big old pizza and uh, and and they, you know, salad, and I don't have a single slice of pizza on my plate. I just have a big plate of salad, and they're like, Vince, what the heck are you doing? So, yeah, I couldn't fly under the radar. And then people's like, they literally laughed at me. But then. When they when I saw the results, some people came back to me and said, "Hey, you think this will work for me?" And I started helping people, and lo and behold, it worked. So eventually, I left corporate America, and here I am. Okay, cool. And so, what was your journey to becoming a health coach? Like, I'm sure you know, people came to you, and at first, it's like, "Here, just do this, do what I did," and you gradually gained skills and protocols and techniques to help people. So, what was what was that journey? So in the beginning, it was just the results were so overwhelming that people were coming to me saying, hey, I heard that you, uh, you know, you're not on cholesterol pills. Uh, And and it was a a, a friend of mine that had uh, high blood pressure. And I said, based on what I've read, this works. I mean, and what I've done. And so what 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 bothered me was there was I felt like I needed to know more. So uh, I did T. Colin Campbell's uh, uh, trading, and I, I don't know anybody in our space that hasn't. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Esselstyn actually had a training through the Cleveland Clinic, and I did I did that. Um, I'm in Atlanta, and Emory has a health coach health coaching uh, a, a training. On, on, on behavior change. Uh, I went through that and I, I just want to keep learning and learning and learning and learning because what bothered me was when people would ask me questions that I couldn't answer. And um, so and, and so what what is what has happened over the years is that the way I think that I communicate, um, I'm very animated and I get excited easy. And I really didn't have an idea how much that impacts other people. Um, and with many people, it it does. Um, and then, but there's some people that it doesn't. Um, and and so. What I learned in health coaching is, you know, just the science behind asking questions and reflective listening and all of the amazing things that you teach in your class. And your and, and I don't want to badmouth Emory's program because it's a very good program. But what you teach is better. I mean, anybody that wants I mean, what you do is, is just better. It just is. Um, Thank you. But, you know, it's, it's solid stuff, man. I, you know, have just so much respect for for for, for you and, and your breadth of, of knowledge. Um, so so I just, you know, the thing what what what's so fascinating as a coach is uh, every client that comes to you is different. There's a lot of things that are similar, but then and, and some people just come to you and they've already made the decision to go plant based. They just don't know how and you know and and those people are easy that to me that that's really not even health coaching i'm just <laughs> just feeding you the information that you need and then they go do it and it's, and it's changed that's not health coaching right health 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 coaching is like uh you know i want to quit smoking and smoking is addictive so what do i do well i want to quit cheeseburgers and i want to quit um and, and so how do i do that and 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 dealing with the fact that you clearly don't want to do it 
and you're pulled in that direction, but you know you need to do it. That's where the challenge comes in. Great. That's where the challenge comes in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and under normal circumstances in a in a sort of happy world, I would just be talking to you today about health coaching and about your approach. Uh, but we're, we're, but to be right, you know where I'm going. I got an idea. Partly we're talking today because you're a black man and I have been reflecting on my coaching over the years and looking at the organizations I've been a part of, and they tend to be lily white and with you know the racial justice movement really picking up steam with people you know like Ibram Kendi's books and Robin DiAngelo's books and Michelle Alexander's book as you know bestsellers all of a sudden white people are waking up to like oh this is real and I might have been part of the problem and so I want to talk to you get pick your brain about so when we're working with clients of color what are the mistakes and the pitfalls. And I just want to be I just want to begin by giving you a couple of my own. What one of them is that I have noticed that in when I work with a client and they're African-American, that there is an assumption somewhere in my brain like, oh, they probably don't have a lot of money <laughs> like like <laughs> and I can't you know, it's embarrassed. It's, it's so embarrassing to say, but it's like, you know, like, oh, should I tell them about the air fryer like, you know, or something like that. Um, another thing is, and so that's that's sort of like sort of overt, implicit racism. That's exactly what it is. That 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 is exactly what it is, and it's it's not your fault. It's it is it is almost impossible to be born and raised in America and not have some degree of implicit racism. It's almost impossible. Um, I'd mentioned to you the teachings of, of Jane Elliott. I think <clears throat> listening to a YouTube uh, talk or interview with Jane Elliott should be a required uh, uh, session for every white person in America. Um, yeah, I've oftentimes tried to figure out what made this country different? You know, there was there was slavery in uh, Brazil. There was slavery in Puerto Rico. There was there was slavery in uh, in Jamaica. There was slavery in so many different countries, uh, but they didn't carry on the, the 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 racism. And so, what happened here? Has been going on the the the, the you know the change of blacks and whites didn't end in slavery. As a matter of fact, the Thirteenth Amendment has an exception. Slavery really has slavery as we know it ended, but a form of slavery has not ended. Because if you read the Thirteenth Amendment, the Thirteenth Amendment says, and I don't have the quote in front of me. But it's something like in the you know, in slavery and indentured servitude, with the exception of uh, criminal criminality or criminal behavior or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's an exception to the Thirteenth Amendment. Think about that. 
So that means, so if it's an exception, that means, okay, well, with that, in that case, it hasn't ended. And that is not trivial because long after slavery, uh, some people figured out, oh, well, then all we got to do is, you know, realize that, uh, uh, you know, black persons, uh, uh, you know, did some crime and, and, and people were hired. Uh, there were fake police people that were hired just to find something that a black person did wrong, put them in jail and then make them work the fields. Mm -hmm. And there were hundreds of thousands of black people that affected um, red and, and think about that, right? I mean, that is that that that's that's not a trivial thing. Um, redlining in 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 school districts. I you know my my parents moved to New Jersey. I was born and raised in New Jersey, and um, my parents moved to New Jersey in the '60s. And um, where whereabouts? Plainfield. I, I grew up in Plainfield, New Jersey. Okay. And um, did you did you know that I grew up in South Orange? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we used to run track in Plainfield. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! No, I didn't know that. And my brother was on a track team. My my, my brother was on. My brother ran uh, uh, cross country and indoor and outdoor actually. And my sister did as well. Uh -huh. so. <laughs> well, depending on their ages, I'm sure they both beat me. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they were just. My sister was the best athlete in the family. My sister, when she was in high school, she said a. Uh, she was on a mile relay team that set a national record. So I always brag on my sister. Wow. She's, 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 a, she, she's amazing. And she's still, and she's still a really good, a really good runner. Um, but when my parents went to get an apartment, you know, they told me they couldn't, they, they couldn't get an apartment. They would call and say, Hey, is, uh, you realize, um, I see an ad in the paper. You've, you've got uh, an apartment. Oh yeah, we've got, we've got a place. Come on over. They would go there. They would look at them and say, uh, oh, man, it, it, we, we just uh, we, we just got rid of that apartment. Somebody just came and took it. Looked in the paper, called someplace else, call. Yeah, we mm -hmm. got an apartment available. Get there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's taken. Right. Uh, and so, so where so um, like I'm I'm feeling like I'm you know, I'm really learning about this late in life. Right. Like I had some inklings, but not like, you know, certainly didn't learn it in school. Didn't learn it in the job market, didn't notice that I was the beneficiary of a very uneven system. Now I'm a health coach and I'm and I'm starting to wake up to this. So one one thing I could do. So, you know, I think it's useful for me to go inside and say, well, what what are the biases that I'm feeling? There's also a, a part of me that wants to collapse into some sort of guilt and uh, absolution and almost like pretend that there's no difference. Like if I was working with someone like someone of Italian descent or like I work with Josh Lajani, we talk about their background. We say, oh, Josh, oh, New Orleans, all the po'boys and the, and the mufaladas and someone Italian. Oh, granny making the thing. But it's almost like I'm afraid to talk to black people about their grandparents because it feels like stereotyping, like what did they eat or, you know, like there's almost kid gloves. So could you talk a little bit about like what um, what should white coaches know to, to be effective when working with with black people? Well, I think I think white coaches should watch Jane Elliott. OK, could you say something? You mentioned her name, but you didn't talk about like what she does or. So Jane Elliott, when she. Uh, in, in, in 1968, when Martin Luther King was killed, 
she was teaching a third grade class. Uh, and she real and, and she was tr trying to explain, you know, who Martin Luther King was. And in her explanation, she realized that the kids had, you know, d d didn't understand racism. And what she and so what she did and third grade class, I mean, that, that, that's that's fine. Um, and so she she started an experiment then. I mean, so she's been at this for a very long time where she separated kids based on their eye color. And this is all this is all white kids, right? Yes. And Jane Elliott's yes. a white Thank lady. You. That's right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for, for, uh -huh. for that. Um, yeah. And so she separated the kids in, in, in her class based on the eye color. And uh, kids that had uh, brown eyes, she praised them and tr treated them great. Kids that had blue eyes, um, she talked down to them and didn't. And then just watched what happened to their behavior. It's phenomenal. And then and, and so um, she did it on Oprah. And I think that's where she probably got the biggest fame is that she worked with Oprah and what they did. Uh, the, the audience had no idea what was going on, but this was planned well in advance. And as the as the studio audience was lining up to come into the studio, they separated the audience based on blue eyes and brown eyes. They treated the brown eyed people great. They made the blue eyed people stand in long lines and they and they just and they just, you know, the, they gave the privileges to the brown eyes and not. And then during the show, they started talking about it. And you and you see the blue eyed people stand up and say, but that wasn't fair. I wasn't treated right. I didn't have a chance. And and you and, and you just listen to these people talk. I'm like, oh my god! And, and this then, is and this is after 20 minutes, right? Not yeah, not I, I mean, not. We're not talking about 400 years. Exactly, exactly. And it just becomes so enlightened, enlightening. You, you know, if you look at just look at what's on, you know, television depictions, you know, education is is critical, right? Because and public education. Depends on where you live. And and till this day, right, poor areas uh, that have poor schools that lead to poorer jobs, that lead to poor economic outcomes, which leads you back to the poor, their kids back to the poorer neighborhoods that have poor education. And so when you go back to go governmental redlining, where it is impossible for somebody black to live in the areas that have the higher educations, you have an upward spiral and a downward spiral that's got nothing to do with talent, that's got nothing to do with intellect, that's got nothing to do with who you are. You just don't have a chance. And most white people in America don't have, well, don't have a clue that, uh, th uh, that, that this has been going on and for such a long period of time, just the Tuskegee experiment. Right, so I wanna bring this back though to health coaches. Okay, because uh, like there's a way in which like I'm taking in what you're saying, feeling it very powerfully, and it part you know partly it makes me want to feel guilty, right? Which is, and you know, it's okay to feel guilty for a short time if it leads right. to positive action, 
But, you know, like part of me feels like, oh, I just want you to like me again because, right? So I want to apologize. But like when, like when we're working with people of color, um, right, you're, you're talking about like really, really deep social programming. How, first, mm -hmm. I guess first, I guess so. I'm, I think I'm asking a question that comes later. So I guess the first question is, what do we what do we want white coaches to know and understand about themselves so that they mm -hmm. they can right? because this, this is a horrific history and mm -hmm. and and we're both implicated in, it in different on different mm -hmm. sides. Mm -hmm. And so, like, to be honest, part of me, especially like reading the things I've been reading, you know, James Baldwin and Ibram Kendi and Malcolm X and the speeches of Martin Luther King and all this stuff. Part of me, like whenever I see a black person, I'm like, why do you just want equality and not revenge? I don't understand it. That, that is a great question. <laughs> the, the, the fact that you are cognizant of that, the fact that you uh, have made a concerted effort to learn more, um, the fact that you uh, are, 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 are well aware and uh, have a thirst for knowledge separates you. And I, you know, if more people could follow the path that you're on and, and, and understand the better. And I think that the thing as a coach is to keep in mind that is, is to understand the history. Um, and, and keep that in mind because it's always there. It, it's, 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 it's there when you don't know it's there. Um, walking around feeling guilty is not helping anybody, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I understand, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the history of, uh, of, of uh, oppression, uh, you know, that, that takes place still to this day in voter suppression. We can talk about that later. Um, but just the, the understanding of that, um, nobody wants to feel, you know, your pity, just treat me like a man and respect me as your equal. Um, you know, just respect me as your equal. Know that, um, you know, we've had a hundred meter race and you had a 50 meter head start, <laughs> right? And just, just, just know that, and then treat, then just treat me, treat me like a man. So, do you, um, I'm not sure if you can answer this from the point of view of a client, but like, what are there things that you think that uh, that that clients of health, black clients of health coaching feel? That, are there things that they feel like are inappropriate or mistakes or uncomfortable? Hmm, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, again, because everybody's different, you know. Um, boy, as a client. Well, let me let me it, ask let me ask you a specific question. Okay. Um, maybe I can make it easier. So we know that stress is a has a huge impact on health, and it has a huge impact on health behaviors. 
Sure. And what we, like the, the triggers for this mass uprising now have been, you know, publicly videoed and shared murders of black people by police and vigilantes. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm coming to understand is that black people are under a kind of stress that white mm -hmm. people aren't. Mm -hmm. And so if we're talking, if I'm trying to help somebody with stress, like, how does that does that play in? Do I raise it? Do. Right. Like, how, 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 how am I skillful in acknowledging that there is a group of people who are under a form of stress or I'm assuming under a form of stress that I don't understand? And the particular person of color that I'm talking to may or may not feel it, associate with it, acknowledge it. Like, I don't want to I don't want to impose my politics on someone. There are black Republicans. There are black, you know, Tim Scott is a black senator from South Carolina. And like to respect him as a man is not like I want him to be as radical as me about black liberation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't I don't understand that. But yes, <laughs> I, 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 I acknowledge Tim Scott. I don't know how he does his job. He's I, yeah, I, I, I get it. <laughs> right. But as, as a health coach, it's not my job to politicize anybody. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that's really a tough one. I think that, well, as a, as as a coach. We're we're asking a lot of questions to try to get at the true motivation of people, right? I mean, our job is to ask questions, open-ended questions, and to be reflective uh, and to kind of see what's driving. Um, no judgment is a part of our protocol, right? I mean, it, you know, it, no, 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 no judgment. Um, so that's, that's a part of our training and that is a part of our being. Um, I think just in general, I think that becomes even more important um, when a white person is coaching a black person. Um, and I think that, you know, you made the point uh, of uh, the fact that we've been treated differently and the stresses and the, the, the stress levels uh, involved. Um, and that is true. I mean, I, I just, you know, I didn't I didn't realize that uh, that many white people don't get the same feeling of terror when they see a police cars, you know, flashing lights in their <laughs> rearview mirror. I mean, obviously, you don't feel good about it, but I almost have a panic attack. I'm like, oh, man, I hope I'm not going to lose my life. That's the the. You probably don't feel that way when you, I mean, obviously you're like, you got to get a ticket, you know, you make it a speeding ticket or whatever. And you know, that's, that's going to disrupt your life. Yeah. My, my, tra right? my, my trauma about the cops is daddy issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, whenever I see the, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's literally terror. Uh, and uh, yeah. So, yeah. so just, Understand that that's just, you know, there's, there's a difference. Yeah. So I want to follow up with that. So like we, as you said, I, I just wrote down, like we want to be asking questions, be reflective, what's driving them a no judgment zone. And so you and I have been friends for a long time. We've never had a conversation about race before. 
Yeah. And I kind of had to like ask nicely a few times to, <laughs> to get you to do this. So one of the things that occurs to me is that as a coach, if I'm not skillful and aware and I'm coaching you as a black person, there are things you're not willing to tell me because you don't think I'll understand or you think my feelings will be hurt. Is that does that seem it is, fair? It is very fair. And that is very true. That is very true. That is very true. Uh, and and I'll, I would say, you know, there certainly are people that will not be as reluctant to have this conversation as I am. I just, uh, you know, well, I, I think that makes you a good person to have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm very reluctant because because, well, first of all, I just think the definition of racism should be changed. Um, <clears throat> I think that if you, because in 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 my kind of definition of racism, it, it's it's almost impossible. I would say it's it's almost impossible to be born and raised in this country and not have some degree of racism. It's 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 almost impossible because it's just every place and 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 you may or may not know it. Most people don't know it. Right. Well, it's like it's like high blood pressure. That's exactly right. right. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. But you got it. Yeah. And almost everybody's got it. And it's it's produced. It's not your fault until you learn about it. And then right. you can take responsibility. That's right. That's 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 exactly right. It's, it's, it's not your fault because it has it has been imposed on you within everything that you see, touch, feel, taste and hear. And um when you be and, and it's been amazing the last three four weeks to watch white America realize this that quickly that that's like I, I never would have dreamed that so many people would have realized so much so fast um, yeah, fact- and understand that we're not talking in the past and we're not talking the systemic in the past right I mean you, you know if you look at slavery being abolished in 1865. But the Voting Rights Act was passed in 1965, and in 2013, the Supreme Court just removed sections four and five of the Voting Rights Act. And certain states immediately, Texas, uh, uh, Georgia, uh, North Carolina, immediately made changes to make it easier for for voter suppression. This is today, right? I mean, we're not talking history. We're talking right. history until today. But anyway, right. we got we got to come back to coaching. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I mean like the way you you know what you're saying, it brings up emotion, it brings up anger. Uh, and so for for white people to be able to hear that, to know that the the high blood pressure of racism is inside us. And to not be def- not feel like we are defined by it. Like if you tell me I have high blood pressure, and then I tell you no, I don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like you know, like you've attacked me or something. Like that. that that's yeah. that's ridiculous. So, so like, what what makes me trustworthy to work with a black client so that they can they can feel like okay, I can be open with you because. Like, I was, you know, I was a school teacher many years ago, and there was a biracial family, white mom, black dad, um, who had two kids in the school. 
and one like I can't remember what exactly the situation was, but one, one the older boy was acting out quite a bit, and he was he was tall, so mm -hmm. tall blackish, <laughs> black man, mm -hmm. in, you know, in eighth grade, like uh -huh. all right, like already like, and. We're to, we had a teacher parent teacher conference with the family, like what's going on with him? And it's like, no, everything's fine at home. But, you know, he saw his dad get manhandled by police. He's got a lot of rage. And one of the teachers, very sweet, older white guy was like, um, after the parents left, he says, like, do we really believe that's what happened? Like, it didn't sound right. Like, that's not how police act. <laughs> right. And I was like, gee, I don't know, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, so like in that in that case, the school was not being worthy of trust. For this family. And so as I'm thinking about that, like as a coach, how do I show my how do I take the first step? Because one of the things we do as coaches is we take the first step. We ask vulnerable questions. We show ourselves we lead. Mm -hmm. How do I lead? so that a person of color who's being coached by me feels comfortable to tell me what like what's going on like it is well in the example of the school what the school demonstrated is or the person that said that anyway demonstrated the problem and that is the level of ignorance um and 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 that's almost like the blood pressure example He's racist, the person that said that, and just doesn't know it. Just doesn't know it. Doesn't know that the police treat black people differently. A lot of them, not all of them, not all of them. I, I you know, you know, most of them have, all of them have an implicit bias, but they're not all bad, for lack of a better word. Um, but I think that just, just recognizing that we've had a different journey. Your question of how do I lead? The journey is different and you, you have taken the initiative to better understand the journey better than most. Um, and I can't think of a specific way to answer your question, but in general, the way to answer the question is the deeper your level of understanding, the more that it'll come out in certain situations. Hmm. Um, so you're saying you're saying it's less about what to do and more about how to be. That's exactly what I'm saying. Gosh, that's why I like listening to your <laughs> podcast because you, you 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 summarize things so well. That's exactly what I'm saying. And so, and, so and, it's not about the techniques that I use in the coaching situation. It's who I turn who I turn myself into through education, introspection, encounters like this, and healing work. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Gotcha. Because, because because based on that, you will conduct yourself differently. Mm. And compare that to the person 
uh, in the school that said, come on now, you know, the police don't really treat people that way. Those are those are those are two different beings. Right. I mean, those are two totally different experiences. That coach would ask different questions than you would who have been through that level of understanding. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that's that's that in some ways makes it much harder, of course, because yeah. <laughs> I would rather you just tell me the words to say. Well, right. It, it, but yeah. but I it's also much simpler. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 it sounds like it's it's about pre right if if coaching is is largely about empathy then if we are all just individuals and there's no context of 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 society and race then I can just be curious about you as an individual but given that there are all these striations and hierarchies it's my job to become curious about your ex, your people's experience into which you uh, were born and have have grown from. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. No, that's that's that that's it. And 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 understand that how much of that still exists till today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I just am amazed at how 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 far we've come in three weeks i think that the george floyd murder was so horrific and i think the fact that it happened during a global pandemic when a lot of us were shut in and watching tv i think the combination of it not being a normal time when you know, when everybody's out and about running around doing their thing, you know, we, we, we weren't it, it wasn't normal times when it happened. Um, and it was so long, uh, you know, uh, if you if you if you start your stopwatch and just sit in silence for eight minutes and 46 seconds. You know, and, and I would encourage everybody to do that. Start start a stopwatch and be quiet for eight minutes and 46 seconds and you realize this man's knee was on his neck for that long and he died and the guy kept his knee on his neck for another two minutes and 53 seconds of him being dead and a couple other cops were just right next to him doing nothing and this is today um so, uh, yeah, um, when we when we say white privilege, it's not we we don't, you know, we're not we're not, you know, it's 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 easy to think no 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 I don't have any privilege I I came up on my own and I had to go to school and I had to fight for my yes you did I didn't say it was going to be easy I didn't say it was going to be easy I was I was all I'm, all, all I'm saying is that the 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 system is against us and it always and it always has been you know, for as long as we've been in this country. So right. just yeah. you have to understand that. So I got one more question for you, and it's making me nervous for a funny reason, which is so like I want to know, like if I have undiagnosed high blood pressure, there's a way I can find out. Right. There's a cuff I can put on and I'm, I'm uh, and I'm nervous because I don't know how to I don't know how to pronounce it. The sphig sphig. <laughs> I've never, I've never been able to say that fucking word. Sphig <laughs> sphigno mom 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 mom
But, but so if I have undiagnosed systemic racist implicit biases in me and I'm coaching a person of color, are there clues that I can like, you know, from, if I'm just by myself, I'm perfect. I don't have any biases. But when I'm interacting with the world, I can start to see things, you know, I'm getting certain reactions, right? Is, is there ways that I can tell as a coach that I have work to do? Oh, that's a great question. And I'm sure this exists. I'm sure this exists, but I've never heard of it because I've never heard this question before. But there's probably a not like a Myers-Briggs type of test, but there's probably a racism test. I'm sure somebody mm. smarter than me has come out with it. Well, it just well said, there's, there's the implicit bias tests, which I think you can search online and take. That's that's what I'm that that's 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 I, that's what I'm uh. saying, uh, because if you take that. There's, there, I, I haven't heard of it. I can't like refer to it like the disc test or something like that. Yeah. But um, that if you answer and then you look at the results, somebody can look at that and say, yeah, you you have this, right? Mm -hmm. you, you you have this. But if you if you have the desire to take the test, you probably already have. <laughs> uh, right. But it's just in, ter in terms of like interactions, like if I um, if I'm not sure whether I'm acting in a way that's that's elicits trust. Uh -huh. Right. Like, how are there ways in which I can sort of sense from like if I say something stupid, I'll okay. see in your face that you think I was a little bit off there. Yeah. Right. But if I've said something that is either, you know, implicitly racist or overtly racist or shows that I don't understand or tells you that it's not safe to be level with me. Uh huh. Are there like are there reactions that I would like could, I could look for to know I have work to do? It, it depends on the person, because if it happened with me. I think I'd be poker face enough where mm -hmm. you wouldn't know it unless it were from. You and I feel good enough with you where I probably would tell you, hey, um, this wasn't right and why, right? Mm -hmm. But I would have to be pretty, feel pretty close to you in order to do that. Um, if if w without the history, I'd be pretty poker faced about it. And then I would talk mm -hmm. shit about you afterwards. But right. <laughs> go find a better coach. Yeah, right. But some but some people some but that's 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 my way, right? There's yeah. other people that are more comfortable um, you know, you know, in, in the state of conflict and yeah. and saying, hey, you went over the line and, and here's why. So that's that's really tough because it depends on the client. All right. So there's I think there's, you know, and it's also tough because in the coaching relationship, they tend our clients tend to not want to be in conflict with us. Right. right. So I'm a little concerned that they're going to swallow a lot and just like, OK, you know, just another one of those guys. I'll see what I can get, but I'm not going deep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, to think about if there are ways as coaches that we can make an approach and say, like, is it OK to acknowledge, hey, I'm white and you're black in a, in a coaching? Um, like, I'm, one, I'm wondering if there's things I'm missing. I don't think that would help. I think acknowledging the implicit racism 
might. Mm-hmm. So what would that what would that sound like? Man, I, that's a good question. Um, I think that boy, that's a good one. It may sound something like, I just want to let you know that I acknowledge that I have had benefits Mm -hmm. and privileges being a white man in America that you haven't had. And I, uh, I empathize with your journey. Um, and I recognize there's some things that I don't know. And I want to keep and, 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 and I want to keep the door open such that if there is anything that you feel I need to know, please share with me because we've had different journeys. Uh, and I want to be respectful for yours. And I know that um, the system has been against you. And I want to be for you. Mm, that is really beautiful. That really touched me. Um, and it's it's part of like, you know, one of our coaching superpowers is vulnerability. Mm. Right? Like mm. what, around it, whatever. And, for, you know, mm. it's, it sounds like when I heard those words, it was like, oh, this is this is how I signal trustworthiness, not by saying I know what your experience is like. But, you know, I don't know what your experience is like. And, and and I acknowledge that mine has been different and I'm open. Yes. Mm. Yes. Thank you. I had no idea we would get there. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea we would get there. But we actually got something maybe meaningful out of this last two, two three minutes. Well, it's a, it's a hard topic. If we if we knew the answer when we started, we wouldn't have had to have the conversation. <laughs> Very you know? typical to to, uh, to the coaching experience, right? Right. So you know, some some things are not tweets; they're they're long podcasts. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so thank you, man. I really appreciate your willingness to to jump in on this. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, Howard, yes, it's not something I talk about a whole lot, but if there's anyone I'm having the conversation with, it's you because I just I I I, I just got a ton of respect for you. Well, right back at you. Tell tell folks how they can find you if they want to work with you. Well, uh, you can find me uh, at uh, uh, foodnotpills.com. Foodnotpills.com. Oh, I love that. Is that a new one? Uh, that one is one that starts uh, my a- application, so you can you know you can put an email in there and um, and 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 actually you know fill out an application and put put time on. Um, so uh, that's one I'm on. I'm on Facebook at Vince Roundtree. There's no D in the in the Roundtree, and um, uh, yeah. And let's see uh, lower bp now i've got a, a, a free book on uh on on, on blood pressure okay on, on how to lower your blood pressure with food cool i'll put all these in the show notes and i have i have one more um request from you for you okay uh, all right this i as i said at the beginning this is for this new podcast that i'm doing for health coaches i'd like to share it on plant yourself as well would that be okay oh absolutely 
Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. You. All right, Vince Roundtree. Wow. Thank you so much for for sharing all this and uh, and for being open to the conversation and and for being both like I love the 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 balance of like you know your passion where you feel the anger and where you where you're clearly expressing love as well. It's a it's mm. an inspiring combination and if I had a hat I'd take it off to you. <laughs> I really, I, I appreciate that, Howard. Again, and it, it, it's, 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 it's always a pleasure. I'm glad you thought that you thought of me and thought that I'd be a, a, an appropriate person uh, to broach this topic, even though I uh, was very uncomfortable in doing so. But uh, that's that's okay. I understand you can't run from being uncomfortable. So <laughs> it's all good. Right, and and. Uh... Someday soon, I hope to have you on the Health Coaches podcast just to talk about health coaching. I, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, no, no, I'd love that. Right. <laughs> as soon as we fix the world. Right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. All right, man. Take care, Vince. Thank you so much. All right, very good. Thank you. Okay. Bye. I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.